0: This is Two Nerds and a Joke
1: with Robert and Ernie. Thank you, Disembody Hot Girl Voice. This is Two Nerds and a Joke, Robert and Ernie. I'm Ernie.
2: And I am the ever most grateful to be here, Robert, as usual.
1: Uh, I, I don't know why you just can't say your name. That's all we're supposed to do in this. At, just say your I, name.
2: At some point, I will go for like a minute and a half with just my name. That's, that's, that's the goal, is to get to that length of time.
1: Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, the eventual goal. So, we, we
1: actually have someone with us today, so we have to behave yeah, ourselves. Yeah, you should behave yourself there, Robert. Uh, we do have someone on the show with us. Uh, Danielle, can you introduce yourself to the, the uh, friends of the podcast.
0: Um, hi, everybody. I'm Danielle meadows um a graphic designer, small business owner, I'm currently celebrating 10 years. Um, As a small business, as a digital branding company based right in the heart of the bluegrass in Lexington, Kentucky.
2: And that's a cool place to be. So how is it in Kentucky? I I don't think I've ever actually been there.
0: Um, You know, we're doing the derby thing. Um, I am actually the opposite of that. Uh, Kentucky's kind of the basketball, um, very sports centered um, atmosphere. Um, but behind the scenes, we also have some amazing, cool, like geeky atmosphere. Like we just really kind of like being uh, eccentric artists that just like create Ooh. fun stuff.
2: <laughs> okay, okay. So, so that's that sounds good. I mean, I know Ernie's a huge sports fan and likes the sports thing. I'm not as much into it, but gotta tell us what what's the geeky backbone of of the culture? What kind of crazy things do you guys create?
0: Oh, man. I mean, we have an amazing fine artist like background. There's so many people in Lexington that are vibrant beyond just um, the sports back um, sports background and our Kentucky Fried Chicken vernacular. Um, We've got all kinds of um, fine artists ranging from like graphic artists. Um, A lot of my friends are personal comic artists. There's a local group um, in Lexington called um, Live Art Lexington. Um, It's actually put on by a group of comic creators and around, um, I'd say Marvel or any big movie releases, they come out and create a whole live art show where it's just five or six hours of nonstop live art around a movie premiere. So it's pretty fun. I come out there quite a bit. There's tons of artists that just meet out at parks and coffee shops, and it just kind of has that small town charm, but it still has that uptown feeling.
1: Nice. Do you feel that it's uh, like where you're at, uh, specifically being in in that type of environment? Is it easy for like someone like yourself, being a woman, um, like to say, you know what, I kind of enjoy the little nerdy, geeky things, or is that like still like? Not mainstream enough, like you do find in like the other states and cities.
0: I think it's becoming more and more mainstream in Lexington because we're being um, more vibrant about all the different types of representation that's within the city. Um, I think that is something that has taken some time to get there, but I'm so glad now that as a woman we can kind of celebrate being a creator um, beyond just in the kitchen or being a seamstress or those typical slots that um people tend to kind of categorize as in
2: that's that's really cool and it's 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 funny because you find the the culture kind of everywhere where you see a lot of really creative women coming out and really doing some exciting and amazing things in the nerd world now there's a speaking of that um there's a, there's a piece of your of the culture that you're a part of and you kind of talk about it a little bit on a couple of other shows you've been on and and you know, your Facebook page and everything else um, that's the nerd culture that you're a part of in addition to the regular nerd, nerd culture. Can you talk about that a little bit and how that is relevant to that whole Kentucky vibe?
0: Um, sure. Um, there's a couple of different ways. One, I'm a part of the Ohio River Valley Cosplayers and Prop Builders um, and that covers like Kentucky, Ohio, um Tennessee area, or it's just a group of cosplayers that get together. Um, we're like a large community group. We're officially a nonprofit as of this year. Um, I'm just really proud to be a part of a group that represents so much culture. Um, and that kind of leads me into like the second part of that um, answer to that question is I'm a big blurred. And that is a really big part of my lifestyle as well. Um, digging into black popular culture. Um, which is a little bit different from our normal, um, popular, geeky kind of culture that we fall into. Um, I really, really wish that I could have made it to the Blurred Con um, that happened uh, just a couple of weeks ago.
1: Wait, Um, wait, wait, wait. There was a Blurred Con?
0: Absolutely. So
1: this,
0: this, like, celebrated all kinds of amazing, like, African-American and Black pop culture specifically in comics so there was tons of just beautiful black cosplayers there was all kinds of like just open spaces where people of color can feel maybe a little bit more um, visible maybe a little bit more appreciated um i know in some areas some a lot of us feel a little bit excluded in areas um but this was really all about just shining light on that culture um times 10 so i can't believe that i missed it but tickets are definitely going on sale for next year already
1: and this really should be like a traveling tour or something. This should be like going everywhere, I think.
0: I totally hope they do. Um, this was in Louisiana, I believe, um, New Orleans, actually. So um, I'm really hoping that they pick up on it. They, I mean, they had a ton of people this year. I'm hoping next year that they do take it around, maybe travel a little bit further north.
2: Yeah, that would be exciting. I would like to see that. It's, it's kind of an interesting part of the culture that we kind of see these days where – a lot of TV shows, movies, and et cetera, are experimenting a little bit more with um, a multicultural aspect to who they have playing what roles. And as being part of that culture, if I'm allowed to say the word blurred, I'm not sure, but I'm going to say it anyways right now, get myself in all kinds of trouble. Um, As part of that culture, is that something that excites you? Or do you feel that if it's the right fit, then that's okay. But if it's a character that doesn't make sense, how how do you kind of guys? How does your group, if you will, see that kind of change?
0: I think it's just really an extra level of inclusion, um, one that we feel I personally feel like has been um not as represented as well over the especially over the past couple of decades, but has gotten so much better. Um, I'll give a great example. Um, the way that Disney has started to be so much more in- inclusive of having other people of other ethnic backgrounds be represented in what was considered quote unquote white roles, you know, in, in Disney, um, in previous films is not kind of being redone rethought reimagined. Um, we have, we live in a society in a world now where um, there are, are ways where walls can be built, but there's also ways that walls can be dismantled and media in certain areas is really picking up on that vibe. Um, and what are what people want when they go to see films or be entertained or want to read in comics. And so I really love the fact that um, the world's kind of picking up on that. The media is picking up on that and just really making it for the better, making it inclusive for all.
1: Now, I, I just wanted to ask you, because for me growing up like to see like black superheroes, like the only I only had like a small, group of them. I think there was a Black Lightning. Uh, yeah. there was a member of the Super Friends. I think it was called Black Bolton or something like that.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Um, and then and then like the in the comics, the actual printed comics, it was Power Man and Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. And then it was until later that I that I found Blade. And Then of course the the movie Blade just like blew my mind. And I think that was like the first successful comic book movie I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so those those were kind of like things just off the top of my head that I, that come to me real quick. What are some of the names or titles that come to mind for you that kind of like you kind of like associate with?
0: Absolutely. Um, Right now um, I have three boys. Um, They are huge fans of Black Panther. um, So that's really helped encourage them not only to read more, (laughs) obviously, but know more about themselves. Um, uh, Representation is everything. Representation matters. And so Um, I think that has been uh, a true uh, pathway into getting them to better understand or appreciate or love the culture around them and the culture that they come from. So that's one recently. Um, For me, for sure, Blade was like definitive um, for me um, growing up. And then of course, now we have all kinds of amazing black women superheroes that are in comics. And I absolutely love that that is being so vibrant now, instead of um, kind of being shunned or put down or put away in a way where it wasn't as visible before.
2: It's uh, There's a lot of great opportunities too, for you to have your, your, your kids now be a part of a larger culture, choose to be a different characters, um, you know, and, and it, It allows more openness and who gets to play what. It's not like, well, you can't be that character. You can't be that hero. It doesn't matter in the same way as it once did too, I think.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. You nailed it right on the head. That is exactly what it is. I think at one point it was just not possible because we just couldn't see it. And now that I feel like things are evolving in a way where like everyone can see themselves in something. um, And that means that there's more representation on the table for people to associate themselves in that way. So, I mean, hats off to Marvel, hats off to DC Comics, hats off to um, all of our smaller market comic comic creators who are really trying to find those unique spaces where representation can be made.
1: Where, now, you, you said that you come across a lot of like the smaller name, more independent uh, artists. Are there any independent artists you come across and you're like, wow, this guy just needs one good break and everyone's going to love this? How about, uh, do you have, have you come across anybody like that?
0: Um, actually, yes. I can think of one on top of my head who's a part of the Lexington Live Art um, group. His name is Bryce Apocle. Um and he's pretty awesome. He actually has a couple of comics out right now with a couple of other um, local artists. Um, I'm thinking specifically of, uh, I think, Warden's Witch is one in particular. Um, and that, I mean, he's just amazing. He's so extremely talented. Um, He's already kind of created a little bit of a name for himself, but I mean, man, if he could just get that one extra spark under him or get that one publisher behind him, this dude will blow up.
2: Well, and hopefully our podcast will be that source when you mention it one time and, I mean I mean
0: right?
2: it, 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 it's just it's, it's just what you need. We're promotion hounds it's, it's all we are we make everybody famous except ourselves
1: except ourselves <laughs>
2: <Of course. laughs> do <that> <laughs> we, we do have passion I think that's that's important I mean so I, I want to take a step back for a moment because you mentioned the cosplay and you mentioned the cosplay group that you're a part of a non nonprofit in fact. Do you cosplay yourself? Because I tried scouring a little chunk, uh, 1% of the internet. I didn't see you in cosplay yourself. So I was curious if you had a character you've done.
0: I do. Um, Actually, I just cosplayed at the um, Lexington Comic-Con, Comic and Toy-Con at Rupp Arena um, as Rogue um, of X-Men's Rogue. So that was my last big cosplay that I did. Nice
1: Um, pull. Nice pull. (laughs) It's (laughs)
0: Favorite character, and it's again kind of going back to um, at first maybe not having the confidence to pull her off. This is a skinny, slender, um, but very curvaceous southern woman, and I am very much that, like times 10. <laughs> <laughs> Um, to have enough confidence as a as a larger woman um, to kind of pull that off, um, it takes a lot of confidence. It takes a lot of uh, skill set, too, and you know, just a little bit more extra fabric while we're at it. So um, it's one of those situations where I'm really proud to represent all kinds of characters. Um, the Comic-Con before that and a couple of events before that, I actually cosplayed with my youngest son, Ellington, who played Black Panther when Black Panther first came out, and I was queen mother. So um I actually had a very elaborate african attire um royal dress that I actually wore with my son who was who played to um in his full black panther costume. So it was pretty cool to kind of tag team on that level.
1: <laughs> that is cool when you're able to like include your own family. Um uh, a few years back when uh, Wonder Woman first like came out um and all the trailers were dropping like, the first, like, she's kind of like a cinephile like myself. She likes seeing the, like, the really nice, well-done movies. She instantly wanted to, like, dress up like her. So, like, for premiere night, she was head-to-toe in Wonder Woman, and, like, everyone was so impressed with her costume. It, it And it's something like, stand back and, like, I don't know. I never forced it on her, but I think she's going to be a nerd, and I'm kind of hoping so. Do you ever feel that way about your kids?
0: I do. I do. So um, we have a very like, gamer, nerdy lifestyle. My family is a family of gamers. We're the family that Fortnites. Um, so we we are pretty comfortable kind of being in our own skin. And a lot of times that is different from the typical family who wants to go hang out at the basketball court. Or it is a little bit different from, you know, the family who'd rather watch a U.K. basketball game because we'd rather watch an MMA pay-per-view instead. So it, Nice, nice. It's very it's very different, but we're okay with being different, and I love the fact that our family really celebrates that um, without feeling you know too too extremely porcupiney. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's it's a rough thing because Ernie has a daughter, and I have two kids myself, and both my kids are are nerdy in very different ways. My daughter is a huge fan of the Hulk and Avatar. Um, and she dressed up at least one or two Halloweens as Avatar. But she won't do cosplay. My son is a huge fan of everything Marvel. He's obsessed with it. It's kind of ridiculous. Comes with all these fan theories and all this stuff. But he, he doesn't do the cosplay either. He, they get, went to like one con and they felt, felt it was okay. But it's interesting the difference between kids who like are interested in nerdy things but aren't in that same direction of actually experiencing going and being a part of it. You know, they play video games, they see the movies, they do all those things, they have that aspect, but the whole the other side of it is really that dress up and be the character side. It seems like a different type of personality that allows for that. Um, are all, all three of your kids the same where they want to play those characters, or have you found that they're kind of, some are more into it, others are kind of, eh, I'll do it because we're at a con, but not really my thing?
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, so my older son, Miles, is definitely a cosplayer. He, he, if he could be in costume every day, he would. If, if I could let him go to school dressed as Loki, he would do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and a great name, by the way, Miles. That's a good name.
0: Oh, thank you. I have all my children named after jazz influencers because I used to be a performing jazz artist. So I have a Miles, and Ellington, and a Michael Ray.
1: Wow. Very cool. Very cool. (laughs) See, I thought Um, Miles, I was thinking Spider-Man. So, you know, whatever.
0: That too. So when, (laughs) when Spider-Verse came out, my son was like, Miles, like (laughs) bringing it back. (laughs) (laughs) His name. Um, And I, I love that about Marvel. And I love that too, that, um, that story was being told and it was done so well. I mean, I have so many um, comic creator friends who, that is by hands down, their favorite um, Marvel film to date, um, because of the way it was done.
1: And, and yet it is the lowest grossing Spider-Man movie. It's almost like the public doesn't deserve it, right?
0: Right, exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I think it's a, it's a, it's a medium thing. I, unfortunately, still there's a group of people who go see a live action movie who say, I'm not going to go see some animated kids film, even if it's about their superhero, you know, even if that's somebody they like where, you know, you look at the DC universe, they kind of done the opposite, where if you don't see their animated stuff, you're really missing out.
0: Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I think it's been too, and it's also kind of cool that they, that it is a contrast because for me, as a person who loves both DC and Marvel, it allows me to explore um, these two worlds in, t- in very specific ways, and so that kind of appeals to me differently um, versus if they were all going the same direction um, or if they're all being made kind of the same way. I feel like I would be turned off because it's happening so often or so much.
2: Now, I also saw something else. Um, well, you know what? First, I was going to ask about the the the, the Shaw thing because I I, I want to know how big a fan you are of the Fast and the Furious. I'm going to I'm going to hold that question though. I want to hear more about the jazz stuff. Did you actually play? Were you in the world? How did that happen?
0: I used to scat, actually, a vocal performer. Um, I started um, in college. I grew up just with formal music in the house. Um, My mom was a choir director. I grew up in church choir, so um, show choir in high school. And then into college, I just continued to keep it up as a hobby. Um, But jazz has always been kind of a a free spirited uh, performing art for myself. And so um, to make money on the side, when I was kind of short on money, I would go to uh, sit outside local uh, restaurant hotspots and I would scat on the street and just let people tip as, as they pass. So that was me kind of just kind of making college ends meet here, there (laughs) (laughs) your times, but it just kind of stuck with me even as uh, I grew into motherhood I got much much further away from music but come the holidays there's still a piano our kids are still um, singing all the tunes but none of them can harmonize a note just so you know <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just I think you just threw them all under the bus there it's like yeah mama's got the skills you guys don't
0: <laughs> exactly don't get grandma started that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So you talked, The other thing, the other thing you, that I want to talk about with you is um, your promotions. You've done a lot of promoting. How many things have you done in the nerd world promotion-wise? And what are some of the things that you've really enjoyed being able to promote?
0: Absolutely. Um, one one that recently just happened over the summer that. Um, my company, Octane, is really proud to be a part of year after year, is uh, we design the Wild Hearts Fun Run Superhero 5K and 10K that happens at the historic Keeneland Racetrack um, every summer. It's been doing that for the past six years. Um, It is a full-on superhero event. Everything from the medals to the T-shirts to the race bibs are completely designed around a theme of a superhero. The event itself benefits a nonprofit called Carrington's Heart, Inc., that supports families financially and emotionally with children and families affected by congenital heart defects, which is the number one birth defect in America, affecting one in 100 babies born uh, a day.
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
0: So this is a pretty big, almost epidemic. It is um, an uncurable disease. And so we really consider these kids um, more than just miracles or superheroes. So um, that's where the theme of this event has really taken place. So we've done everything from The Incredible Hulk to Iron Man to Spider-Man. Um, this last summer we did, uh, let's see, Captain America. Um, actually, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, Captain Marvel, excuse me. Um, so we did Captain Marvel in June. And we had all kinds of cosplayers, which are my friends, that I personally get to, you know, come together and we get to cosplay for the community um, there's everything from T-shirt contests to costume contests um, to best superhero boy and girl. But again, all of it fundraises um, money for these families that are affected by CHD in Kentucky.
1: Now that's uh, now that's amazing. Have you have you like come across something in in that realm where like it's really deeply like impacted you? Because like there's a side of you that that you know you have a you have goals, you have things, business mind. But does it ever get to a point where like it's like really deeply like affected you?
0: Absolutely. So I also serve as the marketing director on the board that fun- that puts together this event. So these kids are not just kids that I just see on paper. These are kids that I see um, several times a year. I celebrate their birthdays. I- I'm hugging their parents every day. Um, these are parents that have gone through way more than I could ever imagine. Um, having open heart surgeries on these kids the moment they're born and having to do so every several years just to keep maintenance on their heart. Um, these are people who've gone through so much tremendous amount of, of adversity. And uh, when you think about that as a five-year-old kid who's just running across the finish line because their heart can actually allow them to run, is it, really a lot, it's, it's really heroic. It makes you feel like a hero because you uh, created them a space where they can feel like heroes.
1: Gosh, whoa that 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 kind of like got me emotional. Yeah,
2: no kidding. It's it's a it's a wonderful thing, and it's it's great to have the opportunity to be able to do that kind of stuff. You know, have I the opportunity to be a part of that.
0: Absolutely, I feel really um, proud um, to be a part of that group, and and to continually be a part of that specific event, where again, I can use my nerdy talent to uh, you know uplift other people's voices that aren't usually heard.
2: Well, and that's kind of what it sounds like. You're kind of all about is to get those voices out that haven't been normally heard. Whether it's you know the blurs, whether it's the children with having these serious heart problems, or whatever it is, it seems to be that the those people that you don't normally hear is kind of what you're trying to help promote in personal life and in public. So it's kind of a a theme. It seems, at least from what you're saying, that you've had a huge amount of success doing it and having a lot of fun on the way.
0: I do. I love it. I mean, if Even if it's just a little bit at a time, that it's not about the immediate success for me. It's really about the gratification that I was able to use my gifts and my talents to uplift another person. Um, We do that again through events like the Wild Hearts Fun Run. Um, I even do it through my blog. We do a series every once in a while um, on a specific group of people. I know in May, we did a group specifically on moms. And it was kind of like you're not so typical moms, you know, typically around Mother's Day. Um, people are doing Mother's Day, you know, the fluffy Mother's Day. You're so perfect with the angelic crown and, um, you know, walking on a bed of roses, kind of thinking of coming to America here. Um, but nice. it was it, I did the opposite. I focused on the inc- unconventional um, and non-traditional stories of motherhood. Um, and I highlighted about uh, 10 to 12 moms. Um, who specifically had like an unconventional story of motherhood, meaning like their child may not live with them. They're the non custodial parent. Or maybe they um, are a mother of children who are in prison currently. How did they celebrate Mother's Day? How did they celebrate motherhood? Um, from opiate crises to um, blended families. So we have this really cool, unique platform of just celebrating things that are not so traditional, maybe consider the oddball or the black sheep a little bit, and being able to amplify that to give comfort and awareness that other people in similar positions are not so alone.
2: Wow, that's really crazy. It's amazing what you're able to do, and really, your focus on us is, is really, really amazing uh, to are able to get all these voices out there in, in such a cool way, too. And it seems like, as you said, you're having a lot of fun doing it, but you're also able to really change some lives and, and bring some things out there. Now, the blog, is that a video blog, or is it an audio-only blog?
0: Um, that is definitely all written, so that is on my website. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, you can check those out. The series before that focused on celebrating the 10th anniversary of Live Art Lexington. So it's a series of those bloggers, including um, Bryce that I spoke about earlier. He's he mm-hmm. featured that in that section as well. So these are amazing comic artists that make up this amazing uh, group of comic artists. Um, So that I kind of make it really beneficial, obviously, to the platform and make it true to what Octane does on a regular basis. But, yes, as you mentioned before, it's just fun hanging out with friends and just being able to amplify them.
2: No, absolutely. Um, So I want to get into. The Fast and the Furious here in a moment to see how big a fan you actually are. But sure. before we but before we do that, we do have to take a brief commercial break. Um, I want to thank a couple of our sponsors. Obviously, PodCoin, who gets us those. Hundreds of listens every couple of days. Uh, we appreciate every time we promote with them, we get another blast of 500 to 1,000 listeners. So we always appreciate them for doing that. If you aren't listening through PodCoin right now, switch over right this second because not only will you be able to give us a little bit extra and you can have us get a few extra listeners along and enjoy like you are. But you'll also be able to get yourself either what they call podcoins, which you can either use to get yourself gift cards or you can be altruistic like our guest Danielle and use those coins for actually charities and give money to charities just for listening. So go and do that right now. Sign up for podcoin. It's free and it allows you to get a lot of extras, not just the cool listening to us that you do. And we'll be right back after this brief message. Seamless transition. And we return in all our glory. So I will ask the question that's been on my mind since the beginning. I have to know. I saw it on one of your Facebook feeds. Yes, I was, you know, stalking you a little. Light, light stalking.
1: Wow, light stalking. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> light, light
2: stalking. How big a fan are you of the Fast and the Furious series? And have you actually seen all of them? Or are you just dying to see Hobson show?
0: I am a fan since the very beginning, and I have seen all of them, but Hobbs and Shaw yet.
2: (laughs) Of course, right.
0: (laughs) I'm a huge fan. I love Paul Walker. I love Vin Diesel. I followed him in the very early stages before he was really even discovered, Um, and just being able to see the uh, how the growth of this amazing group, even outside of the horrendous death of, of course, Paul Walker, but. Um, it, it's the way that they've built this movie and the way they've built this um, this dynasty, really, when I think about it, um, is really kind of unique and special and it really touches a lot of uh, people specifically in different ways.
2: Now, The Rock, I mean, obviously we have to, we're going to talk about these movies, we have to talk about The Rock as well. I mean, he came from such weird beginnings and I know you're you're not, You're not into wrestling, you're into the MMA, which I do want to talk about. But he started out in that kind of fighting world where he's a wrestler, he had a personality, he had all this stuff going on, and then he switched all this other stuff. What do you think for you was like that moment that you were like, this is somebody I want to kind of watch what he does? Or did you get to that point?
0: I did, actually. I got to that point. Um, I want to say it was not necessarily um, a Fast and Furious movie. It was, I want to say it was another movie. Um... Where I want to say like maybe something like something to Witch Mountain. I can't even think of the exact title. Oh,
1: Race to Witch Mountain.
0: Um. Yes. Okay. So that's the first time that I watched him. I was like, you know, what? he has maybe some potential. Like I could see him doing more than than wrestling. You know, I could see that getting a little bit bigger. Then he did. Um. What is it? Uh. San Andreas, the uh, the big earthquake. Yeah.
1: Um, yep. yep. Um, in California. Yeah.
0: Yes, so that was when I was like, okay, he can do drama, so he can be funny, and he can do drama. Okay, um, let's see what he does, and then finally seeing him in the Fast and Furious series, I feel like that was like, yes, like okay, Rock, you've done it. Um, we got it now. Um, outside of Moana, you're, you're you're on my list now.
1: <laughs> yeah, because we all we always forget he was in Moana. <laughs>
0: That is it, man. I, everyone wanted the fish hook. and so and it's because he made it accessible to everybody. So I, <laughs> I love Moana, and I love um, his personality and the way that he's able to kind of you know fluctuate between the funny stuff and the, the serious stuff and the action-packed stuff. Um, of course, I'm a big fan of him in Jumanji. Um, I was really skeptical of that movie because I was like, oh no, it's too many comedians in one place, like ah. But when <laughs> I watched it, it was just flat out hilarious. My kids were dying laughing. <laughs> uh, they are so excited for the next one.
1: <laughs> so you haven't seen Hobbs and Shaw yet. I haven't seen either. But I, when I saw the trailer for it, well, let me ask you this. What was your reaction to the trailer? Were you like one of the people that like, man, if somebody had a camera on me right now, a million views. No doubt.
0: Absolutely. And, <laughs> and the funny thing about watching the trailer is that you kind of – curious but you're also kind of like I don't want to see all the movie in the trailer you know that kind of feel and so I was worried that by them showing all the grit and some of these really cool action sequences that that was going to be the bulk you know the meat and potatoes of um, some of the stuff but um, I've had other friends that have seen it um, that are seriously like that was worth it like that was worth the ride that was totally good and they're looking forward to seeing more
1: so one last question about Hobbs and Shaw Do you before you even see it? Did you think that they would ever pull Idris and like get him to sign on with big names like Statham and Johnson?
0: Yes, and I say this because when you're in those type of circles, um, you kind of have to figure out okay, what's going to bring more excitement into this? And I feel like he understood. Um, Dwayne understood that if his name's incorporated with a couple of other of these actors, then that's going to help solidify him in being in more like closer to James Bond movies. You know, if it's going to help him move up the ladder. It's going to give him credibility. So I'm all in.
1: <laughs> so my question is now toward the MMA. W- did you ever follow Brock Lesnar's career in that?
0: Absolutely. Didn't want to, um, but yeah. yeah. I- it's kind of by choice, uh, of course. When he hit hit up against the old good old Alistair Overeem, that kind of shut it all down. But I can't really see him. I can't foresee him. I can't foresee taking him seriously. Let me just say that out loud. And that's just because I know I've been so involved in the history of MMA and seeing actual fighters um, who are more well-rounded than Brock. So it's just a little bit more of a of a show for me because you know. MMA on well specifically USC specifically is a definitely more of for show. Um, I've been on the local sector of that. Um, I used to be the media director for a local MMA promotion at Rupp Arena here in Lexington called uh, the Bluegrass Brawl, and I watched real pros and amateurs um, slugfest in the octagon. So that was um, that gave me a lot more insight and a lot more appreciation for the art form itself.
1: Okay, so since you have the eye, I'm going to ask you this. You put me and Robert in the octagon. Who's oh, walking God. out of there? I don't know.
0: <laughs> that depends on who has the mic, okay? Because if <laughs> Ernie has the mic, I feel like this is going to be like a technical knockout.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this in Ernie's favor. He's actually had training in fighting where I have not. So technically, if we go off raw skill... He was in, you know, a branch of the military, so he'd have to have some at least basic training. Where I've done never done that, never done nothing.
0: Oh man, to like Gracie wrestling, um, that would be pretty cool. Ernie, is that you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, I want I want to just like take him in the octagon and get him back for a lot of these podcasts. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Some of the things he's put me through on these. Oh yeah.
0: Oh
1: man! Oh, <laughs> I'm a great listener, but
2: I always say random stuff that gets Ernie just like, "Why, dude? Why?" And he just kind of looks at me, and it's like one of those moments. Thankfully, I've I've been been good this one so far. Yes, so far, I, so far, you've done well.
1: I, I give you that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got that right.
2: We appreciate. So, so let me ask you because obviously, Hobbit shows is one of the longest running. Series of movies that they don't really talk about. Like, like the Fast and Furious movies, they've been out. There's been nine of them, I think, now. And number <laughs> Hopkins will be number 10. Nobody's talking about that. Like, if you think about long running movie series, I mean, the only thing that has a longer history of movies is Star Trek. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. That's
0: good. Star Wars, Star Trek. Yes, absolutely.
2: Yeah. So the question is is, is there a possibility for this to be one of those? empires dynasties whatever you want to call it that could really have like a movie produced every couple of years and people will still say yeah we to go see that yeah that's cool i'm gonna go see another one of those i'm gonna see another one of those whereas a lot of these other long running series people are like well they weren't all good i'll probably see it but you know it sucks now or it's changed or this or that
0: i think it's a balance of both um casting and formula um, I think um, we talk about formula. I'm talking about the way the story develops. Um, obviously, with a lot of the Fast and Furious, you know, the pedal to the metal, it's about um, this particular um, bad guy or, you know, this, the savior um, theory per se. Um, but really, we find out that there's tons of other villains who are just as guilty um, outside of just the villain, right? So I love that formula that Fast and Furious has created. And I feel like Cobbs and Shaw is kind of doing the same thing, um, which helps them kind of monopolize on what's already been done. So it just makes it bigger. I definitely think that um, when we talk about casting, that is a huge indicator. They're not going for the A list. They're going for the B list. And they're doing it because they can do more with the B list than they can the A list. I'm sure there's a lot more restrictions. Um, We talk about, um, what is the new movie, the Hollywood movie with... um, um, Brad Pitt and Oh, Once
2: um, Upon a Time.
0: Yes, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know, you think about that, <laughs> the stunt actor. You know, like how many times he's gotta <laughs> be this dude's extra, and how much he's set up with that. You know, um, I feel. I feel like that's the formula that um, Fast and Furious is kind of following. They realize that they can cultivate from within. They don't have to reach for the moons and the stars necessarily, unless they really want to. Um, they set themselves up on that type of platform. So, those are my thoughts.
2: Very cool, very cool. and and here's and here's the funny thing, because it used to be I mean, you go back twenty, thirty years, even ten years, maybe, it used to be if you had a specific actor as your headliner, then that was the thing. People went to see your movie because that actor was in it. But it's not as as much anymore. It's really kind of switched over to you know original concept or an idea or you know a, a, a property that they want to see on screen. You kind of are. You kind of you are in that world of promotion. Is there a better decision or a better way to go? it's like, well, I'm going to have this person come out and promote me. I'm going to have these big stars, or is it really more about getting a whole package together and looking right and providing a service that people want and being creative in the moment?
0: Absolutely. um I that's a really great question, by the way. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> I encourage my clientele and specifically to have have a polished have a polished product but also be ready for experimentation so i kind of do a little bit of both Um, i let people know up front that this is what the the industry standard is but these are the things that have been experimental recently that has worked for us and we think would work for you so that's kind of how i um how i take that and how i perceive that and how i push that out to people who are looking to promote a specific thing Uh, the other side of that is just knowing Knowing the market, knowing the research game, knowing what to do and how to do it—the um, fact that I've um, been do- accumulating these skills over the past ten years has really allowed me to be more comfortable in giving out that kind of advice versus someone who's just been in the game for you know two or three years and still figuring it out.
2: It's it's a great thing, and you're kind of on the the lines of what I wanted to ask you, but give us a little bit because you kind of mentioned it up at the beginning. But I want to I want to give you a, a, at least a hot minute here to kind of promote. All of the stuff that you guys do and how you can promote people um, when, and, and how far of the industry you can go. I mean, are we talking the little guy, the big guy, the medium size, anything and everything? What, have you guys, what do you guys serve as far as your clientele?
0: I love working with small people because I am drawn most to stories. Um, I am drawn most to uh, a unique story versus a commercial collateral earning. Um, to me, that is more important in life. Um, It's not just about the money. It's about representing someone's story. It's about telling the story right. Um, So that's really important to me. And that's some of the values that I've based Octane off of. Um, It's also something that I uh, carry into when I represent other businesses through our digital branding services. Um, And then I've also created other communities based upon that authenticity as well, Um, specifically like our monthly subscription groups. Um, through our uh, through our podcast um, more than graphics podcast and then also um, specifically in our virtual and online communities
2: it's a lot of services there that's a very nice nice collective a collection of of different ways of getting people out there and getting them and uh, at the end of the day even like us you know we trying we were trying to get ourselves we're trying to figure out a game plan for our promotion and we're all we want to do is have people be able to get the opportunity to listen to us and make a decision for themselves you know If they don't like us, that's fine, but we want to kind of get to a place where we can say, okay, we've had a lot of people at least try us out, and if we don't fit what they're looking for in a podcast, cool, but we would like to be that kind of way, you know, and we've done the video thing, too, and we've done the audio thing, we've done the video thing, we've actually talked about doing a, a live show at some point, but we've never gotten quite the right venue for that. Um but it, 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 as you said, it's kind of like about the story and we, we are kind of figuring out where we want to take our little corner of the world story here ourselves. Um, do you find that something that you feel that you find with your clients sometimes is that they really don't know their story or they have, big, oh, here's how I created it, but I don't know what my story is? Or do you feel that with the smaller guys, they usually almost always have a solid story or at least the beginnings of one?
1: A
0: lot of times people tell me what they want and then when they get it, they don't like it. And that's because they didn't know what they wanted to begin with.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes.
0: yes. A lot of that. Um, But I also run into people who again, don't know um, what their story is or don't know how to brand themselves in a way where they can share their story better. Um, I just recently spoke at the um, Lexington Bluegrass Minority Business Expo um, just this past Friday and I specifically talked about branding beyond trend. And what I specifically talked about really was just using a lot of my life experiences. Um, and showcasing that in a way so that people could understand the messaging behind their brand. It's technically not those bells and whistles. It's technically not the amazing graphics. It goes beyond just the pretty typeface or a strong typeface. It really is about the message that you want to portray through the visuals that you're creating. So it all goes down to message, right? And being able to tell your story in a way where it's impactful and meaningful and attracts people to you. So that's really what I recently just spoke on. And that is something, too, that I provide a lot of resources on. I just launched an ebook on Amazon last week, specifically talking about branding beyond trend. That's the actual title of the book. Um, and it's available on Kindle for like five bucks. Um, but it, it releases in September and you can kind of pre, um, pre-purchase that. Um, so when it, it releases in September, you'll automatically get it as a digital download. But it specifically talks about um, this messaging that we kind of get behind. Um, so, again, people get caught up a lot um, as small businesses and entrepreneurs, as promoters, even. We get caught up in the bells and whistles. And really the real message behind all of that is, what are you saying? What do you want to be known for?
1: Oh, true. Yeah. yeah. There,
0: there, There is.
2: Right? And I think that's kind of our next step that we're, we're actually meeting this upcoming weekend and talking about a lot of the ways we are promoting. Cause we're on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, you know, uh, IGTV. And we're trying TikTok. So we're trying a lot of outlets for our message. And, you know, we're, we're I've, I've recently finally gotten to the point where we can you can search up two nerds and you can find some of the time a picture of us, which is cool. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> I apologize for our helpers there you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's what I did it was so easy to find you guys so yeah I I actually like that Um, I actually advise people all the time when you're just getting started work small and work hard Um, you don't have to be everywhere you just have to be in certain places really really well I encourage people when they say I have all these things that I want to do I actually tell them to water it down do two or three things really well instead of 50 things mediocre. Does that make sense?
1: Ah, uh, yes, yes. Very much like my dating life, yes, yes. <laughs> God.
2: Oh. Well, and that's, it, it's funny you say that because we've been talking about, because we started, when we first started doing this, we started actually out as, as a video podcast um, yeah. for, for like the middle ground. We started off as an audio podcast. Yeah. We realized hosting a podcast like, doesn't really exist unless you have money to spend. So we go, we're going to go YouTube and use YouTube and make lots of money there. So we did video podcast for a while. Then just recently, we kind of came back in and said, okay, we're just going to stick with the audio. We have a fan base in the audio. We have people who, are, who miss us. So we're going to go back to the audio and do that. It's been successful ever since. But we've been talking about recently going back into the video realm. And just like, yeah, we could. We can do specials on there. But we're really not a video podcast. Nobody wants to look at us. It's just that. I mean, yeah, hell, our lo- we our definitely have the faces for radio we definitely do. yeah yeah i mean you know you get to see the back of our heads in our our, our logo and that's about it that's all you need to see you know uh <laughs> this is our best feature is the back of our heads um but i really want to say because we've been doing this for almost 50 minutes now i gotta say i feel like i've learned a lot and a lot of new culture and kind of a a really a way of of promoting ourselves and really kind of what we need to focus on next so Obviously, you know what you're doing and your company is sounds like it's a really well-rounded place that can really get your voice heard out there. So we really want to thank you for coming on our little show.
1: Oh, thanks, guys.
2: <laughs> of course, of course. And um, I just want to say, with all the self-promotion going on, Ernie, you got to do one more thing to promote us the right way. Peace out. Peace out, everybody. We will talk to you guys next time.
1: And that's another episode of Two Nerds and a Joke. Follow Robert and Ernie on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to their YouTube channel.